Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast, which is at the corner of peace in mind with your host, Trinity Gwen. Before I talk about today's episode, you know how it goes. Check in minutes um, from what's been going on from this week. Well, up today to today and last Friday from when you were listening. I didn't do much. Um, classes are starting to get, you know, actual classes. You know what I mean? Um There's actual assignments and not like syllabus quizzes and such. I have a five paragraph essay that's due Friday and I haven't started, but I'm supposed to start today, which is fine. Um, It's been pretty chill. I'm starting to get a rhythm into what I can do in a day and what I set out to do for classes. It's fine. It's going pretty well. It's the first month of college and uh, uh, it's pretty iffy. It's pretty iffy. I also want to set a time right now to tell you, um, well, to actually shout out my friend Charles Ham, because um, when I was on my way back home from Labor Day weekend, he texted me and he was like, I think I want to start a podcast. So I was helping him out um, with his podcast. We actually have the same podcast hosting service. So if you downloaded the Podbean app, both of our podcasts are on there. Um, it was very quick. Like he thought of everything very quickly. He was just like, I like to talk. So like I said, you know, most people who start podcasts love to talk. So his podcast is called TRT. It's an acronym. T.R.T. Turt, not turned. You know what I mean? It's totally random thoughts. That's what it's, uh, that's what it means. And his introduction episode is out and the day that I'm recording, oh, um, today is Tuesday, so that you know, today that I'm recording, it's Tuesday. He actually uploaded his first episode yesterday on Monday, and he asked me to be a guest on the episode, and it's very fun. We talked about cancel culture and celebrity controversy, controversy, and it was a fun time. Uh, you should go over there and check it out. Um, more than likely, he's going to come over and talk on my podcast when I start having people come on my podcast as well. Um, my roommate, who's also a close circle with me and Charles, we have matching bracelets. They, While I was out on Labor Day weekend, they went to go get matching bracelets from this store that was in downtown Kent, which is, that's what it's called. And... Um, when I came back, they were just like, you have to go to the store with us so you can get a matching bracelet with us. So we all have matching bracelets now and it's pretty cool, it's pretty fun. Um, and that's about it for the weekend as far as like work and homework and such, it's about it. So now we can get into the actual episode. And I also wanna apologize for all the noises in the back because I reserved the room yet again during tutoring hours or tutoring sessions. The next time that I record, I will probably try it out in my dorm it's probably going to be easier because I don't have to walk all the way to the library and reserve a room and every time I come to record to come to a room because how the library is set up you know most libraries have rooms that you can rent out it's not you know you don't have to pay for it you just have to put your name in and be like okay I reserved it for this time to this time no one else can be in here so when I got here at like 12:59, one on the dot there was this dude out here, or he was sitting in his room. He was sitting in here, but before I walked in, his stuff was here, so he probably went to the bathroom. He walks in, sees me at the door, 
and then closes it behind him like I'm just waiting for somebody else. And I'm like, hey, I reserved the room from one to three. And he's like, oh, sorry. And I was just like, I mean, what do you think I was doing? You think I was just sitting here for my health? Um, but yeah, that's been happening every time. I'm just like, there's, I'm so serious. It's not like a secret thing that you have to reserve the room. There's literally stickers on every door saying that you must reserve the room. Like there's a QR code and everything. Like, do y'all just not look at this? What do you, what's, what's going on? Um, but anyway, that's the noises outside. Like I said, like the last few episodes have been. So we're gonna be talking about love and savoring the moment in this episode. Um, the Merriam-Webster version or the definition of love is a feeling of strong or constant affection for a person, which is a pretty cutthroat definition. Um, it's gonna be all over the place, but we're gonna get through this episode. I think it's a cool episode. I just thought of the topic yesterday. Yeah, I thought about it yesterday on the bus, actually. I had to move my car because our school had a game, a football game, and my permit was, like, in the way. And they're just like, oh, the people who hold this type of permit, you guys need to move your car to this spot. And then I had to move it back because I didn't want to get a ticket. So, yeah. Um... We're going to talk about it. We're just, I'm not going to say wing it because I write a script out for every episode. I'm going on a tangent. Let's get started to the actual video, the not video, the episode. Um, yeah, the definition from Miriam Webster is pretty cutthroat, but I believe everyone has a different definition of love, whether it's like a, a statement or a person or a thing. Love is something that everyone experiences differently. Um, do I think love is unconditional? Absolutely. An example, um, it's going to get dark, but even the seri- even a serial killer has a-, a fan that loves them, or if it's not their mom, it's definitely somebody that's completely obsessed with them. Um, yeah, that's probably the best example I can give you for having an unconditional love for somebody. Um, in the episode, I'm going to talk, in this episode, I'm going to talk about things that I love and what I love about people, why I savor the moment, um, and I will talk about a few of my favorite lines that I've read in books that I always go back to and read because I like them so much, um, not like, love so much. This episode is talking about love, you know, Trinity. Okay, so, (laughs) um... Yeah, love is unconditional, and there's this movie that I saw, I think it was called Book Club, and this there was this perfect definition to me that I think love is for me, and love is basically someone or something that, okay, love does not have a meaning until someone or something gives it that meaning. So there's, like, love is out there, but until someone gives it meaning, you can't genuinely feel it, if that makes sense. I think it does make sense. I just use if that makes sense as like a, I think it's a speech disfluency. I think that's like, I think I said it right. Because you know, disfluency is like an um, like, uh, I think if that makes sense, it's also the same as a disfluency. Um, <laughs> yeah, so love doesn't have a meaning until someone or something gives it that meaning. That's what I think it is. And some people, for me, give it that meaning. Some things, 
you know, give it that meaning, like music, and um, I'm not gonna have like a basic, There, some of them are pretty basic, and there's some of them pretty vague, you know, most of the episodes that I talk about are things that I love, and since I love so much, I dedicate 30 to 40 minutes of my time talking about it, of course, so like music, Disney, slash film, um, fashion, expression, you know, expressing myself and finding my own identity as things that I love to do and things that I found on my own. And I'm like, man, I love this. Um, I love me too. Uh, I just want to bring that up. Yeah. And now I want to talk about the things that I love about people. Um, there are things that I love about the human experience and makes and what makes the human experience so cherishable. is. <laughs> Can is cherishable a word? I have no idea, but that's why the human experience needs to be cherished so much because we all experience at one point or the other the same thing. There have been some times on TikTok where I've seen a TikTok of something that someone personally does, but they think it's um, unique to them until all of the comments are just like, man, I've never had an original thought. I do the exact same thing. Uh, which I think is pretty cool. People from all around the country or all around the world do this specific thing, knowing that we never do, the, like knowing that everyone does the same thing, but you think it's personal to you, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I can't think of an exact example, but I don't know. I, I think you've seen that one way or the other. Um, things that I love about people or what people do is um, when people light up about the things that they're, very very passionate about um i'll have someone talking to me about art or music or books or movies anything that they love to talk about and there's just this light that people have when they when they share something with me they share something very intimate with me and i love it and i love that they feel comfortable um talking about things that make them happy and it's a genuine feeling. It's nothing forced because this is something that they don't have to think about that they like. You know what I mean? Um, someone will talk about a specific cartoon that they like and why they liked it and a specific part that they like. And they'll go off and they'll realize that they talked a lot and they feel like there was a burden. I'm like, no, keep going. Um, this is awesome. So, yeah, that's one of the things. I have a lot, but I only put four in total <laughs> because these are like my top four. The second one is when you give someone a compliment and their expression changes instantly. Um, I like to give a lot of compliments just out in public. I'll go out and someone will almost pass me. Before they pass me, I'll be like, hey, I like your shoes. And they're like, oh, thank you. Because one, I'll genuinely like the shoes. If I like something and you have it on, I'm just like, I'm going to tell you that I like it. Um, but their face, you never really know what goes on in someone's mind or what kind of day someone's been having, but that, that shift of being acknowledged from something that you have on or something, or something that you look like, or saying like, oh, you're very pretty, um, it changes it instantly and makes them forget about it, which is what I like to do, because someone could have had a bad day and someone coming up to you and telling you that, you know, I like your bracelet could go a long way. Um, the third one is 
when I bring up a detail that someone didn't think I remembered and they go, how do you know that? And I go, well, you told me. Um, I have a decent memory. Like I have a pretty good memory. Uh, it does not benefit me in the slightest when it comes to schoolwork though, but I can tell you <laughs> anything you told me back. You know, I can, I can mirror what you told me um, three years ago and bring it up in conversation and they'll be like, wait, how did you know that? And I was like, you told me. And that look after um, when I say you told me, it gives me every time because they have that look and it's just like, you listened or you remember that? Of course I remember. I was listening. I was listening all the time. And last four, the last one um, is actually like my most favorite. I love when people laugh. It's like a, it's a genuine thing unless it's, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like a fake laugh when you're trying to um, ditch somebody when you're trying to get out of conversation. Not that kind of laugh, but like a genuine gut laugh. Um, it's great. Um, there's... And the funny thing, the cool thing about it is that there's all different types of laughs and how people um, are about to laugh, you know, because some people, they put their hand over their mouth or they just like um, lean their head back and start laughing or it's just kind of a smirk or like, a, you know, it's like a snort. It's really funny, um, especially if I made the person laugh, it makes it 10 times better as well. So that's what I love about people um, and some of the things that I mentioned that I love entirely. Um, there have been some people in my life, like I said earlier, that have given the meaning of love as well. My family, my friends, um, my close, you know, close friends and people that I've encountered, some people that I haven't seen in a while, but I still love them, I mean, at one point, past relationships I'll say that um but for sure those people definitely helped me figure out what love is and it wasn't you know it wasn't fake it was genuine and people love you for the way that you are and that's why you know love continues to remind me that I should be my myself 100% of the time all the time I shouldn't have to morph myself for anybody else because there's tons of people that love you just for the way you are, and if they don't love you for the way that you are, then maybe they're not the person for you. Um, my mom, my dad, they they always call me their love child because um, I guess I'm their love child. Uh, because our family is a blended family. Before my parents met, they had children already, but when they got married, they had me. And I see it in my face every day that I'm a blend of both of them. It's kind of weird. Like, I'll have my dad's hands, but my mom's nail beds and my dad's thumb. I'll have my mom's, a blend, a mix of my mom and my dad's nose, but I'll have my dad's eyebrows and I have my mom's eye shape, but my dad's eye color. It's kind of weird. Um, but it's probably just basic biology, but either way, I can go on and on about like what I have with my mom and what I have with my dad's, but, um, it's definitely, I, I definitely see where they say my, their, I'm their love child from, um, and everyone says that in my family, 
like my aunt and my cousins, my older cousins and such, my siblings. <laughs> as much as I think I get on their nerves and as much as they get on mine, um, I definitely couldn't ask for any other siblings ever. Um, especially since we all have our own personalities, but some of ours um, connect in the best way. Like um, me and my sisters, my oldest sister, Candace, she holds that she's the, she's the oldest out of all four of us, but um, I can tell her anything if I wanted to. And my sis, my other, my second sister, Tristan, she's like my twin. Like literally, we're ten years apart, but you can tell that we're sisters. Um, we couldn't go. You can't. When we're out, we can't go a day um, without someone saying, "Oh, you guys look just alike. You look exactly alike." It's pretty cool. But um, <laughs> yeah, they're my best friends. Uh, I love my siblings. I, I miss them. Hopefully they're going to come and visit me. If they're listening, you need to come and visit me so I can show you around. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love them a lot. And my nephews and my cousins, all of my family, um, as much as they uh, get on my nerves. <laughs> uh, but what family doesn't? Anyway, um, I think this episode is going to be relatively short. For real this time, because I say that and then it turns into 40 minutes and it's longer than the other ones that I've had. But I'm looking at my script right now and um, I'm actually getting close to the end of what I want to talk about, what I want to say. Um, Oh, why I savor the moment. I savor the moment and some people have told me that I record a lot. And from the outside, people probably think like, oh, these teens are always on their phones, yada, yada, yada. They never put it down. They never save the moment. Like, I am. I am savoring the moment, but I want to keep this for later. You know what I mean? Um, It's not like a, I need to have this right now. Because when I save the moment, I, it's not like a, I take a picture of my food. Because I'm not the one that, I'm not one that really takes pictures of my food. If it looks cool, yes, that's an exception, but I'm not like, oh my gosh, I'm eating macaroni right now. I'm about to dive in. No. Um, or someone made something for me, that's another thing. Like, oh my gosh, someone took the time out of their day to make something for me, like a little dish or like a little dessert or something. Yes, but not intentionally like food. So I take a lot of videos. That's the thing. I take a lot of videos of my friends and it's never, I never really have any videos of me. At one point, it was a self-esteem thing, but I don't know if you heard my stomach grumbling. I'm pretty hungry right now. I'm going to eat after this. But um, at one point, yeah, it was a self-esteem thing that I just didn't like the way that I looked. But now I still don't have any videos of myself. I have a couple videos of myself. But the thing is, I savor the moment of my friends because I like to look back on it, especially if those friends aren't with me like they're not you know we haven't hung out yet or we're in different states now so um I save those because at that point in that moment in the video all those feelings no matter who was in the video all of those feelings were raw and that's why I think love is such a raw feeling because at one point you it's like it's it's raw because you don't have to think about it 
you really don't have to think about it. It's just like, oh, I'm happy right now. You don't have to feel about it. It's a genuine feeling. It's like a, I'm going to feel happy right now. That's not like that. Um, you genuinely feel it. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it, but I think love is a raw, a, a raw feeling and love is very unconditional. Now, I'm going to talk about some of my favorite lines. Um, I think I had mentioned a while ago that I started reading again. Um, there's going to be an episode talking about books real soon. And there's a couple of a thing that I started to do that if I liked a specific line, I'd put a post-it note on it. I've seen people do it all the time. And I was like, you know, it's probably easier than dog-earing the, pa- the pages and then coming back to it. It's better. And then I color-coded those, those notes. So I would have three colors. Um, pink would be for love and for, you know, tuck on my heartstring lines. Blue would be very moving. And yellow would be lines that I kind of didn't understand, but I was going to come back to and try to interpret it. Um, so I put a couple, I put like three down and I'm going to talk about those. One, two books, two books. Um, the first one is Circe. The same author who wrote Song of Achilles, I actually have Song of Achilles. I'm going to read that next. Um, there was a, I'm not going to talk exactly what the book was about because I'm going to save that for the book episode. I just don't know when I'm going to talk about the book episodes because I have a, I'm very organized when it comes to this podcast because uh, <laughs> it's something that I can control, right? So um, here's the first one. It says, may I return? Will you be here? For I have never known such a wondrous thing in all my life as you. I had to stop and, and grab something to get it because at that point I didn't have post notes because I was like oh my god I love this I love this line so I just took the I took my pen and just underlined it and then I took it because I was like man this is the most beautiful line I've ever read I gonna read more um as time goes on but that at that point I was like man this is the cutest line ever I love that then the second one is um this one's more of like a self-love thing this is Cersei said this uh in the first quote Glaucos, Glaucus, this is, he was a sea god. He said this. Um, this was before he turned into a sea god and Cersei turned, before Cersei turned Glaucus into a sea god and showed his true identity. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting into the book. Um, Cersei says this. She says, I did not walk as a mortal walks, but as a god, and the miles fell away beneath my feet. That one was pretty cool. Um, it was definitely a self-evaluation thing. I think Circe is a coming-of-age book. I definitely think it is. I've been reading a lot of Greek mythology books. Um, well, Greek mythology retellings, I gotta say that. Um, yeah, this is definitely a coming-of-age book and self-evaluation and definitely finding your true self. This book was the epitome of that when I was reading it at that point. It's a wonderful book. You have to read it. There's no like, oh, read this book, then read this book. I just think Cersei came after Song of Achilles because Song of Achilles came out in 2012. Yeah, 2012. The reason I just read it is because I was like looking at the first page and I saw the, you know, made in 2012. I think Cersei came out in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know for sure, but I knew it came after that. Um, Now, Neon Gods, which is another 
uh, retelling and a specific trope at that. When um, Hades and Persephone retellings are my favorite when I read. I just finished this one. I just finished Neon Gods. It's a very, uh, <laughs> it's a really smutty book, if I'm going to be honest with you. It's uh, 50 Shades of Grey on steroids and crack and heroin and meth at the same time. So uh, one of the quotes were like, I would move heaven and earth and the underworld itself to keep you with me. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Um, Cause at this point, this is like maybe the last hundred pages of the book. I'd have to say in the last hundred pages or the last 50 pages of the book. Cause we were getting near the end. So yeah, those are my favorite from a book, but I have to bring one more thing up. And I want to talk about this specific video that I came came upon. Now, I love that people put music with a specific emotion, and especially modern day songs and instrumentals. So a while ago, Pluto Projector, which is written by Rex Orange County, there's an instrumental part of the song that I personally love a lot. And some people go on YouTube and make slower reverb versions of it, which make it all better. Um, and I listen to it and they have it on loop for about a, for about an hour. And people um, decide to go down and comment how it makes them feel. And they talk about either past lovers or how their childhood has ended or their specific moment in their lives that they thought, man, I really love this person. Um, if you want to go to the, ep the the video, it's called Pluto Projector by Rex Orange County, but it's just the orchestral part slowed, reverbed, and looped. There's tons of different versions of this, and um, it's easier to just find it on your own if you want, you know? And some of these comments in here were just talking about how people love these people or they just... Um, they always will love them, you know. I might read one. This one says, I was young, very young when I started knitting. I've always wanted a scarf of my own. Sadly, I never got to finish that scarf for myself. I moved out. When I came back home for the first time in, in 10 years, I saw it, that same unfinished scarf. And now, 30 years later, my grandchild wears that scarf with pride. That was so cute. Um, I was just literally listening to this video and just reading these comments and I was like, man, the human experience is so powerful and it's so cute. Um, yeah, so I might end that off with a good note and tell you guys that love is, I think people say love is blind, but I kind of disagree. Um, love can be many things for many people. And for me, it's, I'd say it's a peaceful thing. You know, I try to make it with my outro. <laughs> so love is a very peaceful thing and it also protects it. And hopefully someone or something protects that for you. I'll see you guys next week.